My hope is that we are so in tune that we can partner with what He does. So we move when He moves. And we know when He moves. And we move with Him when He moves. Otherwise, we're a step behind. We're not in the front line where the action is with the Spirit. We're sort of sitting behind. And we're not ahead of Him. We're right on His shoulder. And it's vital that we as people of the Spirit, not of the flesh, that's who we once were. But we've been filled with the Spirit to be people of the Spirit. And so if you don't know what that means, can I encourage you to seek the Holy Spirit and ask? I can't give you that. I can give you words and try and explain it, but words aren't enough. You need a revelation of the Word. And you need to encounter the Word that you would know what that is so you can live from it. There's a reality for us to know. There is a reality for us to experience. There is a person, and in that person is the life that we are to come into. So we can walk with that person and with one another. It's amazing how he works, eh? Sam came up and said, I think you need to keep speaking. And I said, no, I think I've done and I think you need to speak, and then he took over, and then the Spirit said, no, I want you to speak these words. And the ability to flow, because it's not about ego, it's not about who's speaking, it's about what the Spirit wants to say and do, and the freedom to let him build his church that's been happening here for 19 years. So much freedom when you let God do what God does. So much freedom in not having to try. And yet enter into active rest where the power of his wind of his spirit takes you. And you're right in his slipstream. It's beautiful, man. It's a beautiful place to live your life from right on his shoulder in his slipstream. Not having to create your own, just sitting right in the pocket. That's a way to live life. I believe it's in here, but I believe just then the Spirit's saying this. Do you not know that you are a temple of God? Let's just stop there. Do you know? So he's saying, do you not know? So I say, do you know that you are a temple of God? Is that revealed in you? I don't mean a mental understanding. I don't mean, yeah, I, yeah, I read that, and so I intellectually understand it. I'm talking about a living, convictional reality that's grabbed you. Do you not know that you are a temple of me? So as we know, there was the tabernacle, yes? And the tabernacle hosted the presence of God in this place called the Holy of Holies. Almighty God's presence, the holiness of God would come and reside in a place called the Holy of Holies. 
And the priests would worship and the priests would cut up animals and they would lay offerings down and the presence of God would come and zap. And the power of God would be presence and the Israelites would be in absolute awe of the presence of God that's in this man-made tabernacle. And then we transition to the temple that Solomon built. And the presence of God would be present. And then God said, I've got a better plan. We're transitioning, Holy Spirit. Son, we're going to transition from having it in man-made things, and I'm going to put my presence in what I create. Man builds the tabernacle. Man built the temple. God built the temple. Now, you and us. Do you not know that the presence of Almighty God lives in you? What would it look like to know that? See, I can't give you that. I wish I could reach in (laughs) and pull out that reality of the knowledge I have through revelation of what that means. I really wish I could pull it out and go, eat that. But you can't. You can speak of it, try and put words to it. You can try and describe it. What I can't give you is the experience of the living, literal reality that's birthing life. And it can only, 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 only come through the Spirit of God revealing it in us. Man cannot give us the life in Christ. Man can speak of it, but man can't give it. So where are you getting your water from? Where are you getting your food from? Is it pack and save? Or is it heaven? Is it new world? Or is it the eternal kingdom? Where do you do your shopping? How much does your shopping cost you? Guys, are we still eating food that's perishing? Or are we eating eternal manna from above? Are we eating a food source that you can go to and say, Greg, I know I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. I know I am. It's changing my life. The revelation of that is changing my life. I can no longer be casual. I can no longer just be average. I can no longer just, when I get round to it, I can no longer, I can no longer. I've got something greater in me that's causing me to be wholeheartedly radical. Are we radical? Because we know that we are the vehicle of God. We're a vessel that carries God. It sort of defines Liverpool losing this morning. It puts everything into perspective. Maybe that's why God's got me talking about this, so I don't wallow in the 3-1 loss. I don't know. But let's just stop. I, us, 
we are the temple, the vehicle, the vessel, the body that holds Him. Do you know that? Not intellectually, revelationally, if that is even a word. The temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. That word dwell means to reside, inhabit, stay. It's not a in, out. It's not a I'm up, then I'm down. He dwells in us, or he's supposed to be. So the deposit of the Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit that we are all to receive, the power of the Holy Spirit that we are to know, the experience of God pouring His Spirit into our spirit and His Spirit crying, Abba, Father. Not my Spirit, His Spirit, the Bible says. His Spirit is poured into my Spirit and His Spirit cries back to the Spirit of God, Abba, Father. And that Spirit, life, the Holy Spirit dwells. He resides. He inhabits. He's now boss. He's now Lord. He dictates everything that's going to happen. It's His life in me coming forth from me, for I am the light of the world, not of myself, but of the Spirit who is light in me. There's no light in Greg Simnor, just darkness. But when the light came into Greg Simnor, he then was full of light, for I am full of light because I am full of Christ, and Christ the Spirit dwells in me because I am the temple of God. Do you know this? Paul is saying to the Corinthians. You see, the context behind this is this massive teaching about judgment. What are you building your life on? God is the builder. I'm working with God to build the church. Are you building your life on what? Hay? Straw? Wood? Gold? Silver? Precious stones? It's all going to be tested when fire comes. At the judgment seat, this is the context. He says, do you not know Corinthians? Because they were all over the planet, weren't they? They were doing things... Man, it would leave the newspapers, newspapers dry today. People are having sex with their mother, with their father, with animals. All sorts of crazy stuff's going on. The evil's not just today. It's been back throughout history because man is evil. He goes, guys, come on. Do you not know who you are? Do you not know that you have been chosen to be a royal priesthood? Do you not know that you have been chosen to be holy? Do you know holy doesn't mean squeaky clean? Holy means not ordinary. Holy means set apart. It means to live a life not of earth. It's to live your life above the earth. Sometimes we think it means to be so squeaky clean, morally correct. It doesn't mean that. I can still sin and be holy. Why? Because my holiness isn't defined by my action. It's defined by the one living in me. So if the one who's living in me is holy, I am holy. Irrelevant of my behavior. That messes the religious spirit up. That's trying to get squeaky clean and sinless. 
No, you have been adopted in. My spirit makes you righteous. My spirit makes you holy. The work is done. You have to receive what's done. Get your mind around you, not stop thinking like a slave. Do you know that the Holy Spirit lives in you and that you are the temple of the Spirit of God? Man, I pray we get this revelation. I pray if you haven't got it today, you will go after it with all you have. And you will not stop until he reveals this within you. For he wants to give it to you, for everything is freely given in God, the Bible says. And he waits to see who will pursue him to receive. This is phenomenal. Do you not know that you are a temple of God? And that the Spirit of God God dwells in you? Verse 17, if any man destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy. And that is what you are. Do you believe you're holy? Who has trouble receiving that and saying that? And believing it and be fully convinced of it. I am sort of holy. Not really. See, we have to start from his perspective, not ours. We have to start from what he says is true, not what you think is true. You and I don't define his truth. He does. So if I read that and I hear, I am holy, I'm holy. It's irrelevant whether I was caught with the finger in the cookie jar, I'm holy. And his love and his power and his grace wants to elevate me to a place where I would no longer have my hand stuck in the cookie jar, but my behavior would align. Why? Because I know I'm holy. I don't go on a modification process of trying to change my behavior. I get revelation of who God says I am, and I just live in accordance to that. It's a completely different way of living. It's not a modified way. It's a brand new creation in Christ. So he says you are holy. Live a holy life. What does that mean? It means living a life of honor where because you understand God's way, who you are, who God is, who we all are in God, we honor everything God gives us. You see, if you don't honor what's holy, what don't you receive? The reward of the one who is holy. If you don't honor the prophet who comes, you do not receive a prophet's reward, do you? Is the prophet holy? Are we not all holy? Okay. So the prophet is holy because we are holy. We just read it out, yeah? So if you don't honor the one who is holy, you're all holy. So if you don't honor the one coming who is holy, bringing a holy word, then you don't receive the reward of what the one brings. What's he bringing or she bringing? Living revelation from above. So you don't receive the food source that's going to change you. You dishonor it, disbelieve it, leave it to the side, don't eat it, no life. So if we don't honor God because God is holy, and we don't honor 
what God says, which we are all holy, because everything in God is holy, then how can we receive what God wants to give us? That's a challenge, isn't it? We get in the way, don't we? See, do you not know that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit? If you know you're a temple of the Holy Spirit, then you start to know the ways of heaven. You start to be able to see things because even just that revelation alone starts opening up the kingdom ways. Which means then you start aligning your life to the kingdom ways, not the earthly ways. Because you realize that you are holy as an individual. Do you know how right you are? Paul said, I'm no longer ashamed. I know how right I am. Who would agree with me if there was one man that was going to be ashamed of who he was, it would be him. So the man that was a persecutor of the church, was on a mission to destroy her in the name of his God, said, I'm not ashamed of the Christ. I'm not ashamed of the person. I receive revelation of the person and the work of the gospel imparted into my heart and my mind. I had a revelation, he said in Galatians, of Jesus Christ, which brought the gospel to life. And because of that, because of the revelation of the person, not words of what a person did, but the work of the cross. I can stand in front of you knowing my past and go, I am not ashamed of who I am in Christ. That's powerful. So do you know how right you are in him? Not in your trying to get right, you're already right. It messes us up, doesn't it? Do you know why? Because our flesh, and sometimes even what we've been taught, says it's about behavior before it's about belonging. You have to get right before you can come to him, because he's holy. He says, no, I'm going to make you holy, so you come to me. I'm going to remove all the obstacles so you just walk into my presence. But see, we're so behaviorally driven. It's everywhere. It's the spirit of the world. You have to be good enough for this. You have to be good enough for that. You have to be this. You have to have made that stand. You have to have got your life together. There's no way you can stand up in front of them and actually just acknowledge where you're really at. Do you know how beautiful that was last Sunday? There were so many reasons that was so beautiful. One, because it was a person getting up and saying, you know what, there's no shame in Jesus Christ. There's no shame in me letting you know where I am truly at with him. There was no shame in that also because that releases everybody to go, wow, is that okay? Is it actually okay to get that real? Yeah, 
And it especially does it when the person who does it is my wife, and together we have been called to lead and shepherd with the eldership this house. Man, the religious spirits hates that when someone in leadership gets up and says, I'm on a journey too. Why do you put me up that high? Why do you think I'm perfect when I'm not? Why do you put that pressure on me? You mean you guys struggle with stuff as well? Yeah. (laughs) We do. Because we're just human like you. Now we... We, I, we all have a gracing and a calling, but this is something we're all journeying together. And what it does, it takes this hierarchical rubbish and flatlines it and goes, we're all on the same page. But there are gracings and giftings that need to be honored so God can build the house. But we're not more special than anyone else. It's so beautiful. And Jesus, who was stripped bare, did not find any shame in the cross. He's naked pretty much in front of people. He's been lashed to where he's almost unrecognizable. And he goes, there is no shame in that. So there was no shame in what Danny did. Because in bearing all before her father, that's the process of healing. You bring that into the light in front of my father and my people, That's where my spirit comes and does a work. Do you know in acknowledging that, that's the path to freedom in life? Keeping it in the dark's not. See, when you start to realize who you've been called to be and the life that he's called us to live, you've got to get on the operating table because you are getting in the way of who you've been called to be. You're in the way of the life that you're called for, for you are holy it's like how much of our body how much of my body right now is touching the earth how much of it's actually touching the earth it's my feet isn't it the soles of my feet two or three mil the rest of my body is not touching the earth where is the kingdom where does it start did Jesus say in me so although my feet are touching the earth I'm not anchored to the earth because the kingdom of God is anchored in me the only bit of greed that's touching the sick polluted earth is about three mil and the rest is floating around in the air because of the kingdom that's in here And so this earth doesn't dictate what's happening. This reality in here dictates what's going to happen. Because I'm not even touching the earth, just merely touching the earth. And that all it is is to serve her, to bring his kingdom in and through. Because we are a sojourner. Why? Because the Holy Spirit dwells in us. This is not my home. What did Paul say? I long to go. He said, man, I've got a wrestle going on inside of me because I know I'm holy. I know I'm a temple. I'm in so much life, and I can't wait. He says, I'm in this wrestle, man. I'm wrestling between leaving and staying. But I'm not wanting to stay so much. No, I'll rephrase that. He's going, I want to go, 
but I want to stay. And if I stay, it's going to be life for me first. Then it's going to be life for the church. So there's three gains. There's no loss. The first gain, he says, if I go, it'll be great gain for me. So if I leave this stinking planet and go, it's a gain. If I stay here in the flesh and continue, it's a gain for me. Because I'm going to get more transformed, more revelation. I'm going to be more powerful. Then he says, it's a gain for you if I stay, for then I can actually feed you what's coming from heaven. So it's gain, 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 no loss. That's a powerful position, isn't it? If you would lose your life, you will find your life. There is no loss in Christ. So why do we live lives of loss? Why do we think when God comes and says, I want to do a work in you, we go, ah, and see it through the lens of loss. We're going to lose something. No, you're going to gain something. No, no, Greg, you don't understand. I'm going to lose. No, you're going to gain. It doesn't say if you, what does it say? If you lose, you gain. So why do we tell him, no, I'm not? Why do we call God a liar? Ultimately, because we don't know. We don't know him. So we respond out of fear. God is so gracious, he understands, and he works with us, trying to renew our mind to his reality. And so often, see, we're trying to understand before we believe, and God says, you need to believe before you understand. You need to know you belong to me. Then you'll start believing. Then your behavior will start to change. Shall I say that again? If you know you belong to me, if you know you're a temple of the Holy Spirit through revelation, you'll start to believe. You'll be fully convinced. And as you're fully convinced, your behavior will naturally start to align to that longing of belonging. He does all that work. So I put down, I stand up, and I just move towards. But see, if you're coming through the lens of behavior, I, I need to get myself right. And my believing gets so messed up. And I don't think I ever belong. I'm always on the outside trying to get in. He's saying you're in. I love what he says just after these words. Let no man deceive himself. Let no man deceive himself himself do you think you can do that do you think there's a way that you seem as right how much life is that producing so it says there's a way that seems right to a man man but it ends in death so we have to ask ourselves are my ways producing life eternal life Have I yet come into the life that is contained in Christ? And if I haven't, it may be that my ways aren't his. See, he has given us covenantal promises. Okay? 
So he's in covenant with us, so he's given us covenantal promises. He said, here is the reality for my people. If you obey me, here's the promises of life. If you disobey me, it's not going to go too good. Okay? So there are all these promises for us. So if we're in his way, then we're going to receive his promises which create his life. So we have to stop and go, okay, am I in the life that he says that I'm to be in and we're to be in? And if I am, woohoo, I must be in the way of God. If I'm not, then I may be on the way to that life because I know I'm in process and there is change happening. But if I've been the same for a number of months and years and Really, if you met me five years ago, I'm saying the same thing I was five years ago and today. There's probably something serious with the operating system of trying to come into life. Because we're to be going from strength to strength to strength to strength. We're to be seeing things that are in the unseen and receiving them. We're to be maturing, aren't we? So if we're not maturing spiritually, then we're not growing, which means either we're stagnant or we're trying the same thing over and over and over and getting the same result. Because he's saying, do you not know that you're a temple of the Holy Spirit? And so if the Spirit resides in you, and you're eating of me, and Christ is being formed in us, which is what Paul said, he said, I'm in labor again, Galatians 4.19, till the Christ is formed in the church, He said, my ministry is to make every man complete in Christ, that the fullness of the Christ, which Ephesians talks about, the glory of God would be in the church, not in a building, in the people of God. That's what we're moving towards. That's the goal, transformation. So to not be transforming into that, to not be able to give living testimonies of the work he's doing in you would probably mean you're not actually in Christ to the measure that Christ wants to be in you and abiding. Is that okay? We have to be able to hear the truth, recognize where we're at, acknowledge it, and then run into his arms. So everything he does and everything I'm saying is for us. It's for our transformation. So we can get on board with the calling that we've been called for, because he's telling us here that you are the dwelling place of my spirit. So if there was no lack in God, and the spirit is reigning in you, what do you think it's going to be like for you as an individual? We had a whole month on affluence, didn't we? Anyone feeling more affluent from eating God's word? Because we're called to be. These aren't just nice words that go out on a Sunday morning. These are living manna from heaven that if we can hear it, eat it, drink it. Jesus said, unless you're eating and drinking with me, you'll have no life in you. He said, I am the bread of life. It's me. So he's longing for us to possess what is for us that he died and rose again to present to us. He says, 
don't deceive yourself. Man, that would be a shame. If any man among you thinks that he is wise in this age, he must become foolish so that he may become wise. Wow, that's offensive. So you know how much life you're in in Christ by how much life is being produced within you. Do you not know that you're a temple of the Holy Spirit? You are holy, called to walk in a manner in which Christ walked, called to love one another as Christ loved you, called to live an offenseless life. Do you reckon that's possible? Do you reckon it's possible to live an offensive, meaning you're not offended by anyone? Life. Because of the life that's in you. So because we're growing, the life in us is greater than what's coming at us. That is fully possible, for he tells me it is. He modeled it. And then I see it in other men and women who laid their lives down, didn't hold offense by being killed, but actually prayed for and released grace. It's probably why the Bible says, make sure you don't come short of the grace of God. And so by that, no root of bitterness can get in you. And by that, you defile many. What a life to be able to offer mercy and grace to your persecutors and not revile back, but love That's an opposite spirit, isn't it? Wow. Because you know that you're a temple of the Holy Spirit and you know that you are holy because of the revelation that you're coming into through the power of God. It's a high calling we've been called for, yes? It's not earthly. It's heavenly. Hebrews 3.1 says we are a partaker of a heavenly calling. So when we partook of Christ, we are now partakers of a heavenly call. Colossians, Ephesians talk about walking in a manner worthy of his calling. So when Christ got hold of you, not when you got hold of him, when he got hold of you and drew you and you said yes, you became a partaker of something heavenly. Why do you think eternity is birthed in your heart? Ecclesiastes. Did you know that's what happened, that you'll be partaker of a heavenly calling to which Jesus is what? The apostle and the high priest. So then he sends apostles and prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists, to bring this heavenly message to earth. You see, he takes part of himself and he says, right, here's a whole lot of apostles that are going to bring this message. Here are a whole lot of prophets that are going to bring this message. Here's a whole lot of teachers that are going to bring this. Here's a pastors and evangelists. And together they're going to work as a team because it's me. And they're going to release this reality into the earth for the church to hear it in their spirit not mentally try and understand it in their mind, to hear it. 
what the Spirit says to the churches. Hear what the Spirit's saying today. That you would respond in appropriate measure to what the Spirit is communicating through these words, through the songs, through the prayers. And that we would understand that this is a heavenly calling, a heavenly people, ambassadors from another realm, aliens living on this earth, appropriating the food source from that place, eating mana from above while we have our KFC and our McDonald's and our steak. Because we need those things to survive to keep this physical tabernacle going, but actually what really keeps it going is the mana from above, which is right in front of you right there. Because you are a holy, set-apart, righteous people. Now live like that. Father, I thank you for your living son. I thank you for the Holy Spirit. I thank you that you are our father. I thank you that in you is this crazy eternal life that we can know and live above this earth, we can demonstrate your reality, not through our strength, but through you living in us. Father, Christ in me is the hope of glory. It's the Christ in me, the literal reality, Father, of your Son in me that creates so much hope, this glory in the church, because the Christ is in the church because we have his mind to see and hear, to think, to speak, to act, to be the demonstration. I thank you that with man that is completely impossible. With you, Father, all things are eternally possible now. Not when I get there, now. So God, stir us up. As Sam prayed, as he prophesied, may this May those sleeping rise. May we arise out of our sleeping beds. May we arise from a posture of just nothingness and receive and possess who we are in you, God, that we would become like you, that we would love you and one another and be a demonstration to the earth of what love really is, what family really is. So render our hearts, Lord. Render our minds. May we sign the consent form to get on that table and let the surgeon go to work and bring to light who we are already in you. We ask this in Jesus' name.